0: Hello and
1: welcome to our OCR podcast. I'm Anthony Day and I'm looking after our student support this summer. My guest today is Tanya Nicholas, science teacher and teen wellbeing coach, who joins me to offer some tips and advice to students and their parents to help them prepare for exams this summer. Hi Tanya, thanks for joining us. Would you like to introduce yourself, your background and your role in supporting students?
0: Good morning, Anthony. Um, yes, lovely to be here with you today. Thank you for having me on the OCR podcast. Um, yeah, sure. So a little bit about me. I'm originally from Melbourne, Australia. I grew up there and lived some of my early adult life there, I guess. And I've been living in the UK for the last 15 years. Uh, I suppose you could say that my career as a secondary science teacher officially started back in 2007 after moving to the UK and landing my first teaching role here in London, where I'm based now. Um, But unofficially, I'd say that I've been working in the education sector, either as an educator or an education researcher from the time I was at university, so probably the early 2000s. Um, And my teaching career has taken me a few different directions. So I've had a number of different school experiences since I started teaching, um, including single sex and mixed schools and both across state and independent sectors. Um, But I'd say that in the last three to four years, I've chosen to switch my focus from sort of full-time science teaching and delivering the science curriculum more in the direction of supporting the well-being of teenagers. So now my work is a a bit of a crossover of working with schools and individuals as an adolescent well-being coach and mentor. And I continue to do this alongside teaching science, um, which is sometimes done in school, but also privately.
1: Great, thank you, Tanya. So you've obviously got some fantastic experience teaching and supporting students, and you've certainly seen school and education in normal times as well as during these very extraordinary times. So my next question is is having moved through the COVID pandemic and experienced the ups and downs of teaching and supporting students, what are the main concerns you're seeing in
0: students? Yeah, it's a good question, Anthony. I think, to be really honest, the main headlines for a lot of students, they continue to be the usual types of um, challenges. So, you know, we're still talking about things like feeling stress, feeling overload, um, being overwhelmed, feeling very anxious, burnt out, Um, but perhaps probably one that's become a bit more common during the pandemic is this feeling of like apathy and a real loss of their sense of direction and purpose obviously because over the last couple of years we've had this very unique situation where um, you know first of all exams were on then they were off and for a lot of teenagers you know when they enter into secondary school they know that there is this drive over a five-year period towards um, achieving a certain outcome so that's really been one that's kind of come into the fray particularly over the last couple of years and I say that you know some some young people you know th- there's a sliding scale of w- what is driving these factors, so you know some young people are feeling really stressed out because they perhaps haven't coped very well during the last couple of years, and so now there's an enormous amount that they suddenly have to catch up on um and something that maybe seemed you know really way off in the distance a while back and not needing to be a consideration you know some months ago has suddenly snowballed into this huge mountain to climb so there's um a a huge feeling of overwhelm that comes with that and you know for others it's actually that they've been tracking along really well they're very diligent they're conscientious and they've sort of taken study in their stride but now it's pressure that perhaps comes from maybe it's themselves but it could be externally from either the school that they're in, maybe their parents, their carers, perhaps the grades that they need to achieve um, in order to access the sixth form college courses that they're wanting to go into. Um, you know, it's this pressure to hit the target that they need to in order to go in the direction that they would like to after their GCSEs or A-levels. So they're incredibly worried about failing, even if they've been working consistently um, and that they're constantly being reassured. For others you know they're sort of maybe sitting in the middle they don't really know how to switch gears like there is this thing called exams that's going to be happening in a few weeks but they're not really sure exactly what needs to happen differently or how to be for this um, sort of period so it's a bit of a mixed bag of you know feelings and emotions and challenges that are coming up I would say.
1: And, And this summer it's going to be the first time most of our students will be sitting an exam so there's fear of the unknown, they're not sure what to expect and, and what's going to happen and how that's going to lay out. So, what what top tips would you share with our students on preparing for their exams, including if they're feeling stressed or overwhelmed?
0: Yeah, another very good question, and something that is um, very much on the radar of a lot of the young people that I'm dealing with. So, there's a whole host of things that I could um, throw into the conversation here, but I've tried to strip it back and I'm just going to sort of go with three um, and I say my top three and I'll unpack these a little bit as well. But the top three that I have are sort of, you know, make a plan. That's number one. Um, number two is, you know, be realistic. And number three is take good care of yourself. Um, so, if you know, to dive into those a little bit in terms of the first one, which is make a plan, I think, um, you know, there's a really good phrase, which is something along the lines of proper planning and preparation prevents poor performance. I know that um, everybody, again, kind of sits on a range in terms of how much they like to schedule their time. And for some students, they like things to be absolutely definitive um, in terms of structuring their whole day. So having a school timetable works incredibly well for them. Um, So really coming to an understanding of the type of individual that you are, whether you like to work with a lot of rigidity and knowing that you need to know that when you wake up at 7am or when you wake up at 9am that your whole day is mapped out and what you've decided to do from 9 till 10 and then 10 till 12 and so on, you follow that kind of recipe. For others, it might be that they like to have a bit of flexibility for how they set things up so they know that on day one they want to have a go at studying subject A, B and C, but there isn't Um, so much rigidity in how they put that into their day. But they know that by the end of that day they want to have those sort of three things done. Um, And along with the making a plan, I would say that it's also about sort of, you know, making sure that you're confident. So doing things that actually boost your confidence to begin with, Um, maybe going to a subject that you are a little bit more comfortable with. And trying a question that's a little bit easier in the paper, if that's your method of revision, just to help, you know, calm your nerves and actually restore your own faith that you actually can do this. And then by conquering that little hill, it makes it a bit easier to tackle some of the things that are a lot more tricky for you. So that's, um, you know, some of the things that I would suggest under kind of making a plan. The second thing is to be realistic and What I mean by that is know your strengths, but equally absolutely know what your weaknesses are too. So your strengths can be things like, you know, knowing that you are very good at crunching numbers and data when you're fresh first thing in the morning. So you might like to act on um, revising subjects that have that particular requirement. So something that's very maths based or maybe in the sciences, you know, you would tackle those subjects sort of first thing in the morning when you know that you can handle that kind of um, learning at that time of day and perhaps you leave some of the more creative and free flowing types of um, material so things that you would typically do for english or art drama those more creative subjects you leave them to a different time of the day when you know that that's what you're more likely to want to deal with Um, and as i mentioned on the other side of that are being aware of what your weaknesses are. So these are absolutely not something to be ashamed of. And in actual fact, I would encourage everybody that's listening to this to just, you know, take a moment to just be really real with themselves and say, okay, I know that actually these are the things that I find really difficult. Um, and the sooner that you can actually bring them into the light, the quicker and easier it actually becomes to do Um, tackle those and do something about them. So, you know, for example, it might be knowing that you're actually very good at setting aside the time to study. However, you also know that when you sit down to study and your phone is right next to you, that you actually get very distracted. So, you know, you're acknowledging that your weakness is, well, having my device here is not very useful to me while I'm trying to get this study done. So being proactive and again, empowering yourself to take steps that turn those weaknesses into a strength. So, you know, moving your phone into a different room. It's not forever, but it's just to help you take that step in the direction of that success that you're striving towards. And it doesn't actually have to always look like, you know, answering a question um, for a particular subject without making any mistakes. It can be doing these small things that actually set you up for better success. And the final part to that that second one of being realistic is, I would say, you know, if you know that you're really struggling with a subject or a particular topic in a subject, then please do ask for help. I think there is a quite a stigma around, particularly young people, even acknowledging that they might need help. There is this perception that we have to know all the answers, and one of the key things that I offer some of the young people that I work with is recognizing that. They can't do it all by themselves. So if you know that there's a topic or a particular subject that you are finding really difficult, reach out, um, you know, at least to your teacher or perhaps to a friend who you know seems to understand this material really well so that you're not allowing what already appears or feels like this really daunting task. You know, it doesn't actually get any bigger than that. So make sure that you're asking for help. Um, And I think the third component that I mentioned was really taking care of yourself. And this almost probably should be at the top of the list, to be honest, because, you know, if we're not actually looking after ourselves, it's very easy to fall into a routine, particularly when we're going through quite a stressful period of um, doing the basics to keep ourselves going. And, you know, it's Again, there's no shame that comes with this. We all we all do what we need to do in order to survive and get through those circumstances. But I think if there can be an approach to sort of treating your body as the thing that has to get you through this period, making sure that you're doing the basic things like eating really well and staying hydrated in the way that's actually going to set your body up to work the best way that it can over this period. So we might tend to want to steer towards obviously, foods that give us that quick hit of energy, drinks that give us that quick hit of um, stimulation. So, you know, caffeine, lots of sugary foods, but overall, they're not going to be helpful to us um, if we're consuming a lot of these types of foods and drinks during this period. So eating healthily and drinking water to keep you hydrated, definitely getting in some exercise getting outdoors if you can, you know, just taking a mindful walk. If you've got a pet, it's a great excuse to get outside and walk the dog. Uh, And rest and sleep are actually going to be huge components of this. So, again, it's very easy to think that we need to burn that candle almost all the way down to the wick at both ends. So, you know, studying many, many hours in the day and then not getting enough rest, but rest will keep your mind and a lot of those feelings that are coming up, the the stress and the anxiousness really at bay if you're able to get enough stress. Um, sorry, enough sleep, not stress. Um, and then, yeah, reducing screen time is a big one as well. Um, so I'd say that those are probably my three main tips for just helping to deal with some of that stress and overwhelm.
1: Thanks, Tanya. I'm sure that our listeners will find those really, really helpful in setting up the structure and routine that they need over the coming weeks and months. And definitely the most important thing is if you're struggling to reach out and speak to a teacher, a friend, a family member, and, and, and remember that you're not in it alone and, and you don't need to, to struggle on um, So I'd also like to talk a little about results day and, and beyond. So hopefully. Students will be happy with their exam results. But what would your advice be to students who may feel disappointed with their results and worried that it'll impact on their next steps?
0: Yeah, this is um, really critical for sort of how to manage what to do next. So I think probably having an idea of the potential outcomes now is something that can can, reduce some of the anxiousness that people might be feeling right now but it will also provide a bit of a roadmap for where to go if that eventuality does end up happening so as much as it you might be sort of putting it you know kicking the can down the road so to speak and not wanting to worry about all that possible plan b outcome until later i think if there's an idea of what you could do if if you end up with results that you weren't anticipating then it can at least um, set you up to know what direction to go so i would be doing things like perhaps you know making sure that you're talking to the teachers of your subjects so that you know obviously you know what your plan a action is going to be but if you know that if you don't necessarily hit that target Um, And this is where also your any careers teachers or six form coordinators, but also the six forms that um, any GCSE students or indeed university that A-level students might be going on to, if they know their entry requirements and they've had a conversation with um, the course coordinators and know that there isn't an alternative pathway or they know what the potential possible pathways are, if pathway number one doesn't eventuate, I think that's just a way of managing one of those other um, levels of anxiousness that can come in. But I think, and I know it's much easier said than done, but the key is going to be to not panic. Like there is going to be more than one way that you can get to where you want to go. And even if it doesn't happen with the results that you get from this period of exams, then having some alternative pathways or knowing what your alternative pathways might be I think could be a really um, helpful way of just keeping, um, you know, keeping those stresses under, under control.
1: Thank you, Tanya. Um, So finally, parents and carers will undoubtedly feel they have huge responsibility to support their children preparing for their first exams this summer. What hints or tips would you offer parents and carers on how best to support their children?
0: I think this kind of comes back to the same advice that I've given for students in terms of taking really good care of themselves as well. I mean, there is that great saying of, um, you know, obviously when we're on board an aircraft and the emergency sign comes on and the oxygen masks drop from the roof of the aircraft, there's a suggestion that you need to put your own oxygen mask on before you can actually help anybody else. And it's it's a bit the same In this situation, Anthony, if our parents, carers, those people who are around our young people are expecting A, but but sort of modelling and doing B, it doesn't necessarily create the most, um, um, what's the word, mutually inclusive sort of environment. So I think, you know, the adults in those spaces, if they're doing the things that keep them, healthy if they if they're doing the things that keep their mind calm and peaceful if they're you know modeling what they know that they would need in the same set of circumstances and, um, sometimes we can find it really hard to remind ourselves of what it's like to be a teenager but perhaps just thinking about what it how it would feel if you were applying for a new job or you know applying for a mortgage and the stress that Comes with sort of adult things and what you would really appreciate from the people that are around you and how you need to be supported. I think those are sort of the first steps. But, you know, finding out what they need, I think a big one for teenagers is sometimes they don't really know how to communicate and perhaps giving them that space to actually talk to you. So ask questions, don't make assumptions that, you know, they're feeling a certain way without actually asking them. So asking them and talking to them. Um, And I would really encourage parents to perhaps reach out to, you know, other friends, um, acquaintances that they have who have either had this experience with their own children or, you know, someone who maybe does work with individuals, young people who can actually be that support for them. Just thinking about sort of how you can, what you would need in that moment yourself and therefore what could you do for someone who's maybe experiencing that same kind of challenge at the moment. I hope that's helpful.
1: Thank you, Tanya. That's really helpful. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your tips, which we hope will help any student and parents listening. And all the best to your students taking their exams this year.
0: Thank you so much. And I just want to wish everybody that is sitting an exam this year, all the best. Um, You've made it through two years of a pandemic. You're almost there.
1: Thank you, Tanya. All the best.
0: Thanks, Anthony.
1: Thank you for joining us, Tanya, and to everyone listening to this podcast, I hope you found it useful. For more information on the support available from OCR as we head into the summer exam series, please visit www.ocr.org.uk forward slash support.